1: studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon. Welcome to the COB. It is the 3rd of December. I'm Nadine Blaney. As usual here with David Scott. Scotty, good day.
0: It was a great day, particularly if you're a Fortescue shareholder. Oh, uh, my We'll gosh. get to that in a moment. But, uh, yeah, it's an amazing, uh, amazing rally we saw on those iron ore miners. But it has been a good day nonetheless.
1: Yeah, well, let's just stick with the iron ore miners then, shall we? Because Fortescue Metals up by 13% to end the session, $20.65. I know that we saw iron ore prices lifting to near seven-year highs. I know that the outlook is looking pretty good. Spoke with Vivek Dar at CBA. uh, Read a note from RBC Capital today. Both are expecting to see elevated iron ore prices, you know, now for a further six months. So they keep waiting for this turn, and it keeps not coming. A lot of that to do with Chinese steel demand, obviously. Uh, But, yeah, like... Does the move in iron ore justify the price action we've seen in the likes of, say, Fortescue or BHP?
0: Well... For a start, you can't argue with the market, so the market is right until proven otherwise, but I don't think so. I think there is serious FOMO going on. Just like when uh, people were talking about the demise of Fortescue about five years ago, saying that it was going to be, you know, uh, bankrupted uh, and I was going to default on its US dollar, I uh, don't you know, bonds. Uh, I think that uh, sentiment may be overshooting a little bit to the optimistic side on this occasion. Yes, there's so many positives out there at the moment, but uh, a lot of them are short to medium term in focus. And uh, I know that the, uh, the share prices and earnings are leveraged to what happens in spot price movements, but uh, to go and push Fortis grew up 13% on a day, when there was no follow-through buying in Chinese futures, I've got to add as well, I found that uh, quite surprising. So look, each their own, but uh, when you look at the longer term outlook for iron ore, the risks are clearly to the downside, not to the upside with prices.
1: Hey, um, if you'd like to catch up with that interview with Vivek Dar, so he talks about the two indicators that he watches most closely coming from China to tell him when we may see that turn in iron ore prices. Um, You can do so. It's on our website. I just double-checked myself. It's under the title "Activate Surge Mode for Iron Ore," and uh, you can also search for Vivek, and it comes up automatically. That is how wonderful the little Ozbiz website is, but I'm sure you guys all know that. So I think it's worthwhile taking a listen to that, just so that you know what you're looking out for those those signals for when we might see some heat coming out of this iron ore price. Mm. Um, look, uh, the banks not having a great session. Macquarie making a mammoth buy in the U.S., so really establishing and solidifying its presence there in terms terms of asset management, investment management, and um, also, I guess, diversifying its stream of income there from, uh, you know, obviously a more diversified income stream. Uh, the share price you know, it's up by a quarter percent on the day that the rest of the market was down. I mean, I think it takes some time for the market to digest a buy of this magnitude, which was over $2 billion Australian.
0: Yeah, we'll see what the brokers have to say about tomorrow. I think it's going to be one of those ones where uh, it's going to be, like, you know, going put the finger up and then see which way we want to go. is going to see it as bullish and will be bearish. We'll see if there's any broker moves and see if there's a mm-hmm. reaction tomorrow because you – know, a quarter of a percent doesn't really feel like it's so no, probably justified, given the scale of the purchase that was made.
1: Yeah, so we've got Whitehaven Coal doing really well today, up by 9%, mineral resources. Kogan, it made a purchase of Mighty Ape. We've all been talking in the newsroom. It's a, it's a pretty good name. I hope they keep it for that New Zealand business. Um, but yeah, it's an online retailer that it, it says will establish its presence in, or solidify, I suppose, grow its presence in New Zealand. And so the market clearly seeing something in that that it likes. And on the flip side, just to get the stock conversation under the belt, we've got Miso Blast giving up some of the big gains that it saw on news that the FDA had um, is, is moving quite quickly when in terms of its treatment for that respiratory disease. It was down by about 3.5%. Car sales, as well as AMP and p and Global, it did reiterate its guidance, but it had already done so. It did hold a virtual investor day today. While we are on stock-specific, Scuddy, let's motor on right to the stock of the day. Stock of the day, uh, speaking of Kogan, I could have done a better segue, it was mydeal.com.au. So it's an online retailer. Um, let's listen in. It just listed, actually, recently. Let's listen in to what um, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Whiteland from DP Wealth had to say about this one is that baby temple and webster thing so i guess in some respects it's kind of easy to make some sort of comparisons in terms of you know you can see the timeline of how temple temple and webster is a 1.1 billion dollar company my deal is i think around 340 odd million dollars so you can kind of see the timeline as things go it seemed to be a pretty reasonable update they uh, revealed this morning um, although the share price hasn't gone anywhere on the back of it, really. Um, but um, it's, 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 it's a pretty good update. But it does look, when you look at Temple and Webster, uh, maybe it's a little bit on the expensive side just in the short term. And maybe we need to see some more runs on the board. But this is certainly a step in the right direction.
0: We also sort of need to remember that this is sort of online shopping's time in the sun, if I can put it that way as well. Uh, between lockdowns and COVID and all that sort of stuff, Uh, massive amounts of stimulus passing through the economy. Look, overall, I I couldn't bring myself to buy at this stage, apart from the fact that it's only been going for sort of six weeks from an ASX perspective. So, you know, as you said, it's been quite volatile even that short period of time. So from my one, it looks interesting, but it's certainly a, a watch and see for the time being.
1: And that was Andrew Whiteland from DP Wealth Advisory talking about my deal. Both of the guys saying, look, watch and wait. It's just early days for this online retailer. Um, well, it's an early day on the boards for Booktopia listing today. Uh BKG is the ticker code there. So it's early days on the boards, but not uh, you know, early part of the journey for this company. It has been around for quite some time. They were going to list next year, but they pulled it forward because of this massive surge of e-commerce demand through the pandemic. Looking at automating warehouses, uh, looking at selling up to 60,000 books a day. Scotty, do you pick up physical books and read them?
0: I used to read quite a lot, but uh, I find that uh, in my journalism days... Uh, and including here that I just read so much other stuff yeah. that I don't have time to go and read books anymore. It's no. it's sad. I'd like to be able to go and do it more. Uh, holidays are few and far between but uh, if I get the chance to go and do it, I'd love to still read a book but uh, most of the time now, it's analyst notes and what's going on in the world.
1: Yeah, likewise. But um, you don't have a Kindle, is what I'm saying. So you're not reading books. You still, if you're going to read a book, you'd want to pick one up.
0: You 100% want to go and have one where it's physically in your hand rather than a Kindle.
1: Yeah, well, then 60000 per day uh, is the target there. And uh, Booktopia, we spoke with the CEO, Tony Nash, a little bit earlier on. You can listen to that uh, via the show notes. Um, we are also, I suppose, Talking continually about this value versus growth debate, we had a three stocks four um, from DNR Capital, Jamie Nichol, and that's in the show notes as well. But yeah, we continue to talk about this great rotation that's going on. But more and more, you know, perhaps there's a place for both. Perhaps you don't have to sacrifice one for the other.
0: Yes. Focus on quality balance sheets and uh, you'll do okay.
1: Okay. So those are three hot picks coming from Jamie. So, um, the Aussie dollar is one that we haven't talked about today. We did have a bit of trade data out today. We did have construction lending, um, but the Aussie dollar flirting with, I think it was four-year highs, Um, lots of US dollar weakness baked in, forecasts for further weakness. How do you see the scenario?
0: Uh, I think the US dollar is in a bit of trouble. Uh, So, let's go back and we'll we'll unpick it. So, there's a theory out there known as uh, the dollar smile uh, theory. So, the US dollar typically strengthens in two scenarios. One's when there's times of uh, no uh, crisis, uh, risk aversion, people flock back to the world's reserve currency. Fine. When there's times that you have the United States economy is outperforming and, and uh, is exceptional compared to the rest of the world, that's when the US dollar tends to go and benefit. In between, when it's not outperforming. There's no risk aversion. It tends to get sold off, and it's usually multi-year and sometimes even decade-long cycles. Uh, and we're only just coming off you know, uh, several like multi-year highs that the other dollar index hit only a couple of years back. So looking at it, technically, it looks pretty vulnerable. Fundamentally, it looks very vulnerable as well. And you think about what the outlook looks like around the world, a cyclical upswing, a synchronized cyclical upswing, and I think the US dollar's uh, no, dominance is over.
1: Right. Um, and that means that uh, we'll see the Australian dollar rise.
0: Yes. In a risk-on and, environment. Uh, and, and that
1: means that, you know, the good old Reserve Bank might not be completely pleased with what they're seeing, although a guest uh, pointed out today that the uh, the central bank could easily say, well, imagine where the Australian dollar would be if we hadn't embarked on... Exactly right. It's, it's, a, it's a it's relative QE. thing. And,
0: and if it's... if. If it's good factors and the, uh, the global economy is doing well and uh, commodity prices are high and activity is picking up, then it's a good thing. It's
1: fair value. Uh, yeah.
0: you, you want, I, I don't, I don't want to see uh, our, the RBA hit its inflation target by devaluing the currency to the nth degree. I want to see us hit our inflation target because the economy is so hot and it's so difficult to go and hire people that uh, wage growth is going through the roof. Uh, we saw a brief period of that before the, uh, the GFC and a little bit afterwards. But uh, they're the times we should be craving. We shouldn't be craving to have like a Pacific peso currency at 30 cents the dollar and don't uh, know, cheering on while we've hit our inflation targets. Rubbish.
1: I'm going to leave that there talk about what we're expecting in the U.S. tonight. We've got U.S. jobless claims due. That'll be interesting. We've got the market PMI coming out as well as the services PMI. Um, the jobless claims w- is a precursor. It's just sort of the the appetizer before we get the non-farm payroll report coming through on Friday. And there are some signs of weakness in the U.S. labor market. But we saw in the Fed be- uh, be- Beige Book last night, you know, there's also areas of labor shortage, real labor shortage coming through in the U.S. as well. Um, yeah, it'll be a – well, do you think it'll be a market-moving event when we get the non-farm payrolls? It's not been lately.
0: Uh, it'll have implications for sure. Uh, but it's, it's lost a bit of its clout. And like a lot of the data that's coming out uh, at the moment, uh, it's taking sort of a secondary uh, position behind uh, vaccine news and you know, optimism about stimulus and all that kind of stuff. But in time, it will come back to its dominance again. But uh, it's really interesting, though, know, this whole debate about you know the labour market conditions, I, I've got to comment on this. When I saw that uh, no, Chuck Schumer, the Democrats, want to go and reinstate that $600 a week supplement payment, uh, on top of unemployment benefits. I was just thinking to myself, when I heard that, I'll probably just go and say, well, it's a bit easy for me to go and sit here on my bed and, like, no, not do anything and go and relax because that's not going to go and encourage people to go back to work. It's going to go and discourage so many people from doing it. I'm surprised that the Democrats are really pushing for that. We need stimulus out there. No, do we need to go and basically pay people a full time working wage above you know, anything that uh, no, people would regard as being decent? That's a bit of a stretch.
1: Okay, we'll be speaking about all that with Ira Epstein from uh, Linen Associates at 8.30 in the morning. Chris Conway from Marcus Today always gives us a buy-hold-sell at 9.30 a.m. on a Friday. He's pretty solid about that. Anthony Kavanaugh is a portfolio manager with Chester Asset Management. He'll be joining us and talking about some of our our, our recent um, problems, you could say, with China and uh, how you should be looking at that from an investment perspective perspective. Look, the day continues. We've got June Bay Lou from Tribeca and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners on the call. I hope you can join us for that. And the great guest list goes on until we reach the last call. So this is 4 p.m. We'll have some drinks. We'll talk about the week that was. We'll get you set up for the week to come and have a bit of fun as it all happens. Hey, listen, we're both running on empty today for some reason, Scuddy. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Uh, We will get back in fine form tomorrow. Listen, Scuddy, let's go home. Have a bit of a rest. Come back, guns blazing tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I feel like I should go have an Australian wine. Anyway, (laughs) we ruined until tomorrow.